this Liverpool season preview edition of the Premier League Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by our Patreon store. Score exclusive perks and content available only to our patrons at sportsgamblingpodcast.com forward slash Patreon. Welcome everybody to the Premier League Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford, coming to you from Newcastle-upon-Tyne in the northeast of England. Um, and it's another one of our season previews. This time we're taking on the mighty Liverpool, uh, favourites of Megan Pass, as you well know. Um, joining us is Mr Barry Benaluda. Uh Barry, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. Um, <laughs> little update oh, oh, on the illness, Malcolm. I'm, I'm still... <laughs> I'm still dying. Um, as anyone who is listening to these preview shows will know, uh, death death is on my doorstep. So, yeah. Well, it depends what order we put them out, Baz, because you very well you could be <laughs> perfectly fine in the episode they've just listened to. Yeah. Uh, is your uh, drunken wife surfaced, Baz? No, she's currently in the local Chinese restaurant. Uh, oh. they've, they've shut the doors, they've locked them in, and the, the bar's open as long as they want to be there. So, oh. this is on a school night as well, Malcolm. What's this all about? Outrageous, that was. Football, um, football mums, football dads. I love it. Uh, lock in. I miss a lock in. The crowning anchor, um, as many nights of the week, one of the greatest things was sort of quarter to 11. Was you knew it was time, and there was kind of a hush, and Lloydie was the gaffer. So and people, all eyes were on Lloydie as he walked around the bar collecting glasses. And the sign was, Baz, when he closed the curtains. If the curtains went closed, the lock-in was on. And, yeah. mate, you've, the, the closest moment in your life to feeling like a matador is when them curtains shut. Like, honestly, you won't get, you won't, there's not a moment in your life where you'll feel as, as you don't live as high. No one's ever lived as high as when those curtains shut. Because you knew were, you were in there till 4 a.m. like uh, sometimes later. I love a lock-in. Um, yes, Liverpool Baz is what we're going to do. Um, yeah. And we've got a right old special guest to do it. You might have heard him um, a couple of weeks ago on the FPL preview show uh, from somewhere in Germany. I can't remember where. Uh, it's Mr. Ewan Leith. Ewan, hello, mate. How are you? Hey, great to be back, guys. Thanks for having me on again. Um, right, so we're going to have to go through this whole charade again of you need to explain to us who you are, uh, who you work for, and why you're going to tell us about Liverpool. Uh, yeah, so born in Scotland, moved over to Texas with my dad in the oil business, uh, got married, moved over to Germany for her job, just kind of piggybacking on successful people, traveling the world kind of thing. Uh, 1998 World Cup, my beloved Scotland were getting hammered by Morocco. Michael Owen scored a fabulous golden knockout round, fell in love with Michael Owen. Dad was a United fan. I thought, ah, I'll just make him mad. Be a Liverpool fan. 25 years later, here I am writing for Rotorballer.com. Uh, I do their MLB DFS three times a week. Uh, kind of me and some guys are also putting together a ton of FPL content over there this year as we make a big push to kind of get some more written content stateside for this game that's taken over my life. And yeah, like Liverpool, it's hopefully going better than last year. Oh, well, that's a terrible start because we don't like Liverpool and we definitely don't like Michael Owen. Uh, he came to Newcastle <laughs> and just 
minced around with a bad hamstring. Uh, so, yeah, not a big fan of that. But So we'll try and, um, we will try and get past that, Ewan. Like you say, Roto Baller um, are doing an incredible amount of fantasy Premier League. So if we're going to do some fantasy right at the end of this show, we've got a listener league um, that we'll tell you about and you can get involved in. Um, but we are, uh, for these previews, we're back in the... We're back in the D-Gen heartland of the uh, Premier League Gambling Podcast and we're going to make some betting picks. Um, so Liverpool uh, last season finished fifth with 67 points, um, missed out on the Champions League, uh, gave Newcastle a very big scare. I don't, I think there's a lot of Newcastle fans, Baz, I don't know how you felt about this. Um, after the event, we're quite flippant about it and it was never really in doubt. I was shitting myself. I thought it was very much in doubt. And everyone I was sitting in the pub with for those consecutive Sundays when Liverpool kept scoring last-minute winners were shitting themselves as well. Where were you? I mean, I remember us doing shows, Malcolm, sort of six or seven weeks out <laughs> uh, and talking about how everyone, you know, there was a little bit of panic around Newcastle. And I was I was being quite flippant and saying, Liverpool aren't going to win six or seven games. No way. They're never going to win. You know, and they need Newcastle to lose three or four Uh Deep inside, I, I had the fear at one point, three or four weeks out. It was a little bit nervy. Um, and we were at that Leicester game, Newcastle's penultimate game of the season, um, <laughs> oh, yeah. where we needed the draw. Um, and if we hadn't have got the draw, um, it went right to the last day, didn't it? And then we, we would have had to get the win against Chelsea, wasn't it, on the last day of the yeah. season? That would have really got the nerves going if if because Leicester you might remember had a really really good chance later on it was the only chance they had in the game they, they'd done nothing for 90 minutes uh, and then Pope had to pull off a wonder save to deny Leicester the victory had we have lost that game everyone would have been panicking going into the final week um, because we would have expected Liverpool to win and we'd have known we had to beat Chelsea uh, thankfully that didn't uh, didn't need to be the case in the end but yeah definitely a nervy finish in the end Liverpool did make a good fight of it because they came from a long way back it, you know it was eight or nine weeks out I don't think anybody expected they could make a push for the top four uh, but they made a good fight of it in the end It was the way they did it Baz that's what was making me nervous I mean there was the, the ridiculous VR West Ham. There was the the goal against Tottenham, the fourth goal against Tottenham, while we were still all stood on the table celebrating the equaliser at that end. Uh, we all had to get off the table because we went and scored at the other end. It was just the, the thing you can't keep doing this. If they'd been beating teams 4-0, you'd have thought, oh, this is okay. But when they just kept getting gift-wrapped win after win in the in the last minute, you learn this, you win. If, if Manchester United or Liverpool were involved, Big and Barry will just sit and cynically uh, tell you everything that's wrong. So, I mean, last season, they started, it was a really weird season for Liverpool, um, which one you try and explain. It was they had two wins in the first eight, um, and then post World Cup, they went four games without a win, and they're just really weird performances. There were three consecutive away games, they conceded three goals and got home. I think they were all 3 0. Uh, Brentford, Brighton and Wolves. Um, and you put a run together like that and still finish in fifth place. They should have done so much better. Like, But um, try and explain uh, through your eyes, you and through Liverpool supporters' eyes, what how Liverpool went last season. Um, So I would love to just say that nearly pulled off the quadruple the year before. Played yeah. Yeah. tons of games. Uh, got the good signing supposedly in Darwin, thinking making that's the next step. But it did feel like the vibes 
just like the overall vibes around the club were a little bit off at the start of the year. They had that community shield win over Man City, and it was like, oh, okay, things might be okay. Um, but then a draw against Fulham on the first day. Uh, Darwin got sent off against Crystal Palace right at the get-go in Anfield. Uh, there was that last second win over Newcastle, who at the time we all thought like, oh, this is this is plucky, but like didn't know how good you guys were going to be the entire year. But yeah, there's just like so it just turmoil, uh, the midfield too much. I mean, we're not going to see them this year, but too much James Milner, too much Jordan Henderson throughout the year, unfortunately. And just it was not going to plan. Kind of Trent took a step backwards. His defending went right in the toilet. Um, and yeah, just overall, just a weird year kind of felt like the end of a cycle almost as a Liverpool fan where we peaked, we got the champions league, we got the premier league, three champions league finals in a few years. And it just felt like it all kind of the message started to fall on deaf ears a little bit from Klopp. But at the end of the year, like you were saying, those six, seven wins in a row, it kind of felt like. It was coming back together, and Liverpool 2.0 is coming back this <laughs> summer. So we will see. Yeah. So, but mo- so moving on to next season, then some of the the headline markets, the headline bets here. Um, Liverpool are third favourites to win the Premier League this year. It's seven to one. Um, top four finish is short, four to nine minus two twenty seven. To finish outside the top four, they are thirteen to eight plus one sixty two. Uh, a top six finish is one to nine. To finish outside the top six, they are five to one. A bottom half finish uh, is 12 to one, if you want to fade them. And on the handicap market, um, they are in receipt of 11 points. So they get an 11 point start on Manchester City. Um, in terms of the squad, you uh, and players in, players out, you said, I think they need a bit of churn. Like if a team's not moving, they are standing still. And when they ended up with, Say Milner, Henderson, players that we've seen leave now. Who's going to replace these players? What What's the tune? What What are we looking for? I know they've signed Jobberslai, who looks fun. They've got a lot of good attacking players, but um, that back half of the pitch, I think, concerns me uh, more than anything. Ewan. Yeah, I mean, it was all going quite swimmingly until a couple of weeks ago when uh, Saudi Arabia have kind of raided our uh, veteran midfield a little bit so we got alexis McAllister from brighton world cup winner that was all hunky dory feeling really good about that sobosly from the bundesliga it was all like, okay midfield that was the big problem last year kind kind of felt solved uh, there are rumors about some other guys coming i think lavia from southampton is potentially coming but his price tag might be too high but yeah like right before uh, the first preseason game, right as the training cap kicked off, it was Fabinho's going to Saudi Arabia, Jordan Henderson's going to Saudi Arabia, and now the midfield is a little bit in array again, and like the concern of the midfield depth that we had has now gone back, and it's how quickly can we integrate McAllister, Sobas Lai, uh, Curtis Jones, Harvey Elliott. These guys are going to have to take on a lot more responsibility in the midfield, which has been one of our weaker points, at least over the last 12 months. I do think a lot of the competition, the closest competition, have a very strong midfield three. Uh, Manchester United sort of building well with uh, Casemiro and Bruno Fernandes and who's the third one in there? Am I missing? Mason Mount. Uh, Mason Mount just signed. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. Sorry, Mason Mount. Um, I mean, Newcastle's rolling out Bruno. 
and Tenali and Joe Linton. Um, Arsenal going with, uh, you've got Declan Rice and uh, Odegaard, who was outstanding. So, I mean, what, how do you feel, uh, feel Baz? I mean, I, we, I we, we, we took Liverpool to win in lots of spots last year. We weren't down on them at all, but they were also at times great value to feed because you knew, like I say, that those three consecutive 3 0 away defeats. I remember hammering Brighton that day, Baz. So they, they were quite a fun team to bet because you could get them to win big, uh, but you could also see when something wasn't right with them. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested particularly uh, with, with what Ewan said about the, there was too much Milner and Henderson. I was speaking to a Liverpool fan last week um, and it's something I'd thought about is is the loss of those players, not necessarily on the pitch, but the leadership, because you mentioned the losing all of the veterans and those players can, can have such an influence around the club as a whole and it might not necessarily always be the impact on the pitch, although Henderson can still very much make an impact on the pitch. I think Milner's you know, it was the right time to move on from him. But that's the big hole, isn't it? I, I think in the leadership-wise, um, McAllister, 24, Soboslai, 22. If you get Roman Lavia, he's 19 years old. It's that sort of young, sort of massive sort of gulf, isn't there, in terms of where you were at with the experience of, of the likes of Henderson and Fabinho in the middle and, and, and maybe even Naby Keita. Um it's how you replace that leadership, isn't it? Is is a big question mark. But also how how those new ones come in and integrate, and, and how he gets them sort of up to speed quickly because they are, uh, you know, lacking uh, the experience of the players they've they've replaced. Yeah, I mean, there's a huge leadership gap. It's a great point. I was listening to a podcast today. They were talking about. I didn't realize Henderson had been the club captain for 12 years. I kind of just wow. like was something that just slipped out the back of my mind, but. Yeah, him leaving, huge loss. Um, they were saying on that same podcast that him and Henderson kind of played, or Milner and Henderson were kind of a good cop, bad cop on the field, in the locker room, but they were really like the guys that set the standard on the training pitch all the time. So it's, you know, it's always like a spin zone. Make something sound as good as you want. Like, yep, they're leaving. Um but does that mean that Van Dyke can take over? Can he be a bigger influence? Like one of the like pictures of the season, I don't know if you guys remember uh, that dreaded night at Old Trafford that Liverpool had early in the year where Van Dyke and Milner were just yelling at each other. Like I, I thought yeah. there was like a yeah. huge fracture going on in the club. And I know it's like on the field, but yeah, it's maybe it's time that like a uh, Trent, a Mo a Virgil can all step up and maybe they're part Robertson, of this leadership core. Like one who could be, be that, that sort of leader potentially as well. Uh, obviously Van Dyke's the obvious one. Um, I don't really see Salah as, as a sort of leadership character. I know. Um, whereas I, th- I think Robertson and Virgil Van Dyke would be the ones, but it's that, it's that in the midfield, as I say, a lot of inexperience. Lavia's a great player, uh, but at 19 year old, it's a massive step up. Um, and that, Step ups made easier if you're coming in alongside someone like Jordan Henderson, um, yeah. Rather than three new players all coming into that midfield role at the same time, trying to find their feet at a massive club like Liverpool could be a, a challenge. Yeah, and the, 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 the midfielder we haven't talked about is uh, Trent because he's suddenly a midfielder. Um, but I'm not. I can't buy it. Like I don't think you can just suddenly decide you're a midfielder in the best league in the world. It's not that easy, like, we'd all be doing it. I'd be doing it. He's a fullback. And it's been on the back of a couple of those. I'll die on this. So, you know, I'm just being cynical because this is what I'm like. But 
it's been on the, the back of a couple, a couple of Hollywood passes. There was one against uh, for England where he put Saka through. I saw loads of people who know football on Twitter. That we call that the Sunday League pass because that's my that was my favourite pass to play. One touch, dump it behind the fullback, and I tell you, someone will make that look like a great pass because if you don't get the end of it, you then win something. And that was my go-to pass. Ever and then everyone show great ball, Mala. I'd say cheers, lads. That was Trent's game, like, and because Saka took three world-class touches and smashed it in the top corner from thirty yards, everyone was calling it the pass of the century. I'm not buying it. Uh, that, was, that's I mean, it, There was a, a lot of overreaction to um, those two performances against Malta and Northern Macedonia. <laughs> um, that's not to say I'm not writing them off to the same extent you are. Um, as I say, I, 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 I mean, he has he has short hair this season, guys. Short hair Trent is back. Don't forget. Short hair Trent. The short hair is working for Barry like it has been. I mean, what, what, what we need? <laughs> short hair is good. Hair is overrated. Um, the other thing, I th- the, the, is there any sign of a centre-half for Liverpool? Because it's been talked There's about not. as an area they need to strengthen for some time and then it just seems to get overlooked or certainly has done this, this pre-season. There's no mention of anyone. Yeah. yeah, it's been all quiet on the Anfield front. In terms of that, um, not which is not great because watching the two preseason games, um, they went up one 0 against Karlsruhe last month um, for the preseason, the first friendly, and uh, then they went down to let two goals in, and then in the second game they gave up four to some Bundesliga second side. It just it wasn't pretty. It was without Van Dijk and Kanate on the field, but. It's not really something you want to see. Joel Matip has really taken a step down over the last couple of seasons. So yeah. reinforcements are definitely needed. And um, yeah, Joe Gomez has never done it for me as a Liverpool fan. And uh, I don't think those days are coming around the corner anytime soon. So we need to turn some of this information into bets is what we need to do. Uh, we'll do that after I've told you about underdog fantasy uh, with the NFL season right around the corner. Underdog Pick'em, uh, it's a great way to get down on a ton of NFL player props and available in a lot of markets too. Um, there's lots of opportunities to win their daily MLB contests. Uh, you need to follow you in for that, he'll sort you out. And of course, make sure to enter Best Ball Mania 4. First place gets $1 million. Head to underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Okay, you and so armed with all the information that we have, um, you've looked around the same kind of markets that we have for Liverpool. Um, what were the, the best bets that you picked out? Um, so I don't have the the misses, but honestly, I'm a Liverpool fan. Like I want to think we can win the league every year, but what were the odds for us to miss the top four? Because I'm not super convinced. Plus 162 in your language, 13 to 8 in our language, yeah, outside the yeah. top four. So, I mean, the lack of depth, I think there's a lot. There, That fourth spot, I think it's going to be City, Arsenal, and United. And I think it's going to be a battle between our two teams, Chelsea, no European competition this year. So... I think that's going to be, that could maybe be something that people look towards, especially Liverpool have European football. We've talked about the midfield churn, the lack of leadership. Like it could go great, but there's a lot of avenues that this could go south very quickly. Playing Thursday night, playing Sundays, it gets old pretty quickly. Those legs get tired. A, a benefit that a lot of people seem to overlook about Champions League is 
you get to play Tuesday, Wednesday, and then sometimes you get to play Sunday again. The Thursday schedule of our Europa Conference, Europa League, can get absolutely brutal on a Premier League team, especially if you're competing at both ends. So if things start to go south, I could potentially see us missing top four again. I don't want to admit that, but uh, that could be something just admitted to look it. At. Yeah, you have yeah, just no. admitted it. You said it. <laughs> So, so uh, Liverpool to finish outside the top four, thirty-eight weeks. Uh, anything else catch your eye, Ewan? Uh yeah, I think I saw this ridiculous eleven to two Trent Alexander uh, Trent to be most uh, most uh, assists. He's second favorite behind KDB. I kind of like that a lot. I know you don't, uh, Al. But uh, okay, most assists would... in the league. Yeah, yes, okay. Eleven to two is what I saw. Nice. So not bad at all. I mean, I he can get those whether he's playing in that right back role or or the, the, the midfield role, can't he? Um, yeah. You know, we, we Lots of those talk, Sunday talk league passes league. going towards Darwin or <laughs> Mo and stuff. So but, yeah, definitely that would be kind of the the miss the top four and Trent to get the most assists. I think he's only four or five short of the all time uh record for a defender in the assists. Yeah, that's a nice angle, you know. I like that angle. It's a, the outside the top four is a nice, honest assessment. Um, but yeah, it's a good angle. Like the like Bar says, that doesn't do anything to do uh, to affect my feed of Trent because if they're sticking back to right back, he's just as he's going to be in all the free kicks corners um, and sticking those crosses in as well. It might even help um, a little bit if he goes back there. So. Um, Baz, same question. Well, give us yeah, your picks. I was a bit conflicted with this one. I think Liverpool will certainly improve um, on last season. And they don't have to improve much to get back into the top four. Um, although other teams around might also improve. Um, I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I, I, I've got them finishing in the top four. I'd like to be wrong on that. I also think Man United <laughs> and Newcastle might struggle to hit this similar points total to last season, which which might open the door for Liverpool. So I don't have Liverpool pushing for the title, that's for sure, but I do think they can make the top four. And that's at a price of around 8 to 15 or minus 187. It's a little bit short. You you put it up at 4 to 9, Malcolm. You can definitely shop around and get a slightly better price on that. Mm. Or the, the other one for me is that I think if Liverpool do get the top four, it will be at the expense probably of Newcastle or Man United. I, I still think Man United aren't as good as the third-place finish last season. And I think Man United might regress a little bit this year. And Liverpool to finish higher than Man United is available at a price of 8-13, to 13, um, which is Malgum. Oh, you, you say smart, arse. You had your little odds converter open yesterday. You were fully yourself yesterday. So yeah, I, I think Liverpool to finish above Man United this year. Um, you know, bit of a bit of a rivalry there. Um, Liverpool fans would love that to be the case if they pushed the push Man United out into fifth place or something. Um, so at the, those two prices, I think Liverpool will get top four. Um, but I think if they do, it could be at the expense of Man United. So my pick will be uh, Liverpool to finish above Man United. So you've made people listen to this rubbish pass for 24 minutes to give out a minus 180 and a minus 160. Is that what you're telling us? Absolutely. What have you got, Malcolm? Mate, I've got fancy prices, double figure prices here. Um, so I agree with you uh, that they will miss out on the top four. I've got them finishing fifth uh, behind Man United. Um, I'm not... I don't like having Man U that high up. Man U in fourth. Uh, so yeah, outside the top four at that price of 13 to 8 plus 162. Um, but I do think Liverpool can score a lot, a lot of goals. Um, 
they are five to one to score the most goals in the league. Uh, now they have 19 to make up on Manchester City, which is a lot. Um, but we saw that Liverpool will score in bunches. Um, they put nine past Bournemouth, they put seven past Manchester United. And they did have that, like I said, those three consecutive blank away games that I'm talking about. I can't see that happening again. Uh, so if Manchester City drop off by a handful of goals, I think Liverpool could push them close there. Five to one's a big price. And if they are going to score a lot of goals, you know it's going to score the buzz, don't you? That's Darwin, Darwin Nunes. Uh, 16 to one. Um to finish as the top scorer. Um, one little uh, one little hamstring from Erling Haaland and it's game on for everybody else. Fill your boots, boys. Um, and you can back him each way. If Haaland's hamstring doesn't go, uh, Nunes can follow him in, in second place and we'll get paid out each way um, at 16 to 1. None of the, the finish above markets kind of blew my skirt up particularly. Um, so yeah, so they were, the, they were my two picks. Top scorer in the league at 5 to 1 and Darwin Nunes uh, to get all of those goals. Um, and the price is 16 to 1. Um, we're going to touch on some fantasy players you might be interested in as well. Um, did I do the underdog fantasy read, Baz? You've done that, yeah. <laughs> Good, don't want to do it again. They're not paying us that much. Um, okay, well, we want the FPL then. This is uh, in your wheelhouse, Ewan. Uh, you are the FPL expert. So, um, if you've made a draft, what Liverpool players did you have in it? Or what Liverpool players have you got an eye on to put in it? Well, right now I've still got Trent. He's the only Liverpool guy I've got in there. Mm. Uh, yeah, no, I know. I'm sorry. But uh, yeah, I think 8 million, really pricey defender. But if he gets to play that kind of hybrid role, he, like you're talking about the six or seven wins that we rolled off at the end of last year, Trent was a huge catalyst for that. He was just pinging balls all over the park. He was essential to the build-up play and, He's on set pieces, corners. Uh, there's rumors that uh, the new guy, Sobislai, could take some, but I think it's Trent's uh, place to be. But yeah, he's the only Liverpool guy I have in right now just because Mo Salah came in at 12.5, second most expensive asset in the Fantasy Premier League game. So a little bit too expensive for my drafts right now, but the deadline is still approaching and I'm sure I will freak out and try to shove Salah in there as much as possible. Uh, another guy to kind of look at would be Diego Jota. He, 8 million. He's looked pretty sharp in preseason. Uh, and then Andy Robertson, 6.5, same price as your boy, Kieran Trippier. Down year last year, but he does have the all-time record for most FPL points by a defender for a reason. So maybe it could be a bounce-back year for a lot of Reds. Okay, love that, Ewan. Uh, Baz, how are you feeling about Liverpool in your fantasy team? Yeah, so I'm not feeling great for, for similar reasons to the Ewan. I, I don't have much in other than Trent Alexander-Arnold. And I've got my eye on Liverpool v Bournemouth in week two and thinking I definitely want some attacking Liverpool assets. Uh, in terms of ones to watch, obviously Salah is the you know perennial top scorer in FPL and will be on everyone's radar. It's just a question of whether you can accommodate two premium players because everyone has to have Haaland. And if you go with Haaland and Salah, that's 26.5 million gone on two players. Um, Trent has been a permanent fixture in most squads for many years in FPL and this year will be no different um, apart from the fact they've made it a lot more challenging by made it, making him 8 million. Um, you know, he's, he's moved into midfield, still listed as a defender, so he'll get his clean sheet points, but he's always going to be good for his goal contributions. But, 
it's that eight million. He's, he's one and a half million pound more than, as you say, Robertson could be another way in. And and you've got to sort of weigh up: is the one and a half million pound worth the points differential between the two? Um, he actually had one of his worst FPL seasons last year, only 156 points. Still a good uh, record by ordinary player standards, but he broken the 200 barrier in two of the pre- three previous seasons to that uh, and no reason why he couldn't hit 200 again this year I mean in cut for context I think what was Harry Kane last year you probably around 260 points maybe uh, yeah I think he had a career high as well 263 yeah, so, or something like that so you're looking at 8 million is expensive for a defender but if but if that's you know 4.5 million cheaper than Harry Kane and, and getting you know, maybe 50 less points, then it can still be money well spent. So those are the first two names for everyone, really, is is Salah and Trent. Um, as I say, once the fixtures turn good, you, you want some of the attacking options. And I just think it's very difficult at this point to know whether you go with Gakpo or Darwin or, or whether you go Diaz or Jota. Um, and I'll undoubtedly want to get some of them because they're in that mid-price range that I can really go for. Uh, but it's working out who's going to be playing from week to week who sort of grabs the reins and gets on a bit of a run and makes a shirt their own. And then then at that point, I'll, I'll probably be moving to, you know, one of those four attacking assets as well. But yeah, that's what, that's what I've got. I mean, in terms of FPL players, we've, we've covered some of the other teams, Malcolm, Bournemouths and Brentfords, and there's not a lot, not a lot jumps off the page, but at Liverpool, there's, there's lots of options there. Yeah. You need, you need to find two or three and it's, it's knowing which one. Um, I mean, I'd be obviously happy to leave Trent out, which freed up some money for me. I've got Jobelai and Darwin in um, at the moment because I want those attacking assets. I, I will point out that I'm terrible at fantasy uh, Premier League, so I wouldn't listen to anyone. Um, I forgot to give out the code for the Listener League. If you've got any uh, Liverpool fans who've stumbled across us on this episode uh, trying to find some uh, Premier League betting content, um, the places to find us, obviously you found us, but uh, Spotify, Apple, Google, um, at SGP and Premier and uh, we stream our shows live on youtube.com, uh, Premier League Gambling Podcast. Um, weekly shows, weekly pick shows, the Premier League, we do Europe, um, midweek picks, fantasy, you name it. And the Listener League, um, if you want to enter 150 quid in cash, we've got some merch, we've got the Egg in a Cup Cup. Uh, the, the code is CVVQAB. That is colon volcano, volcano. Quicksand, Amsterdam, bottle, CVV, QAB. Um, there's no way I'm going to be, think of another 16 uh, words beginning with QBAS by the end of this uh, preposterous series that we're doing. Um, so, yeah, get involved in that. Um, the only rule is you need to be in by week one, and we do expect you to go and like and rate, review, and five stars, thumbs up, all stuff like that. And I think, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, that is Liverpool covered. We've got the bets in. Uh, we've got the fantasy team in. Uh, we know entirely what to expect now this upcoming season. Ewan, uh, A, thank you very much. And B, is there anything else uh, you want to tell us about before we go? Uh, no, yeah. Just follow me on Twitter at Ewan or you out, E-U-A-N or you out. Uh, I'm already regretting saying that they're going to finish outside the top four. Uh, don't want that. <laughs> I don't want that on record. That, that seems like a terrible idea. I'm going to have like played back was... by my dad. So it's it's not going to be good, but yeah, um, yeah. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully, if we do this again this time next year, I'll be talking about Champions League football with you guys. 
Yes. Yeah, what I like was normally at the end of these episodes, Malcolm wishes uh, our guest good luck for the season ahead, uh, and he didn't do that for you. Um, <laughs> we haven't if, finished yet. Because if, if he was about to do that, I was going to interrupt him and tell him we don't wish him good luck at all. No, we don't. Not Liverpool, anyway. Uh, but we hope you have an awful season. Yeah, good, good luck with that. Uh, but yeah, it's been a pleasure having you on, you and uh, really good fun, a good good insight from you. Uh, so yeah, good luck yeah, with thanks that. everyone from Premier League football for Liverpool. Um, as you know, you, you can find the rest of these season previews wherever you found this one. Um, and uh, we won't be, by the time you listen to this, we won't be very far away from our, our first picks show uh, of the new season, which is properly exciting. So looking forward to all of that. Uh, good luck with all your bets. In the meantime, um, go and consume everything. Um, until then, uh, we will see you down the road. Cheers. Cheers.